Hi, Tuesday. Hi, Devlin. What's up? Oh, you know, kind of sick. What's up with you? I am coming to you live from my childhood bedroom, which my mom has mm-hmm. yassified into an office. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yassified. Is there any choice of uh, art on the walls? There's a Parks and Rec quote that I embroidered for her for Mother's Day one year. That's nice. And a What's picture. Quote? It's the one that's like, there's never been a sadness that can't be cured by breakfast food. It's true. Yeah. That's a good one. There's also some black and white pictures of me putting starfish in a bucket. Aw. Yeah. Very, very Ladner core. Oh, yeah. That's the vibe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bike over to the market after, buy Very a vegetable. Nice. Maybe even two vegetables? Maybe even two. I have to, I have to take a, a zucchini home, because my parents keep growing zucchini. I'm trying to remember what the word for zucchini is over here, because it's zucchini. Courgette. Yeah. That weirds me out, because it's a French word. So you'd think that, like, we would use courgette, and they would call it a zucchini. You know what annoys me even more is... Uh, when people call a bell pepper a capsicum. Oh, come on. No one says that. I think it's, like, Australian. And I think, like, English-speaking parts of South Asia. Because sometimes when I look up, like, Indian recipes, they're like, dice a capsicum. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Language is funny. Yeah. Language is so funny. And then eggplant is aubergine, which just sounds like a paint chip. Like, that's not real. That's a paint chip. It does sound like a paint chip. I don't want to hear the word aubergine outside of Home Depot. I do know that they call asparagus normally in England because of Neopets. Because one of the guys from Neopets was really obsessed with asparagus, and like he was, he was one of the he was one of the mods. So he gave himself all asparagus themed Neopets, which was like a really rare paintbrush. But he could just give himself. You just give him whatever he wanted. Pet paintbrushes. Yeah. I was going to call it a pet pet brush. I'm like, no, that was a completely different thing. Well, the pet pets had their own paintbrushes. Yeah. There was the, the small rainbow pool next to the regular rainbow pool. My, my pride and joy was my Shiryu that had the sky paintbrush color. Yeah. Like oh, the man. blue sky of the little clouds. I love the plushy paintbrush. That was a good one. I survived the heat wave. You lived, Binch. I lived, Binch. To come to you live from England, it is music is good. And I am Devlin crying on my guitar, Galloway. I had to think about that one. I'm Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a farm man. I'm even wearing overalls right now. I'm just a little farmer man. Hell yeah. Uh, he hawed I'm just a little mushroom, Ferguson. Your pronouns are he slash haw. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Tuesday, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about Taylor Swift's self-titled, which was released in 2006, written and co-written by Taylor Swift herself in her freshman year of high school, which I think is supposed to be like grade nine. Grade nine. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. I always forget that like the the high school system is different. Yeah. Depending on where you're from. It's like sophomores grade 10 and they got juniors and seniors. Weird. But it's like if, if you're in grade nine, why were you? Riding shotgun with your hair undone in the front seat of his car. Because, from what I read, she was dating a senior. Ooh. Juicy. Which is like, you can't be doing that. I was doing that. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't talk. I was a senior. I'll admit, I did that. Yeah, I mean, I got held back a grade, so, like, I was just a mystery man. Fair. No one knew what was up. I, I was, like, very indignant about it, too. They were just like, <laughs> they were just like, you're, you're 17, right? And I'm like, I'm 18. I couldn't even boot for them. I'm 18. 18 is an awkward age in Vancouver. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Like, I, I was like, why do I have to be here? Like, I have to take this stupid art class so I can leave. <laughs> I'm not dunking on art <laughs> classes. That particular one was just really bad. I gotta say, I've, I've been saying this before the show. This album is pretty good for a 15 year old. Yeah. Like, I'm not even trying to like be like, oh, 15 year old, you know, it's like, it's genuinely impressive. Yeah. I kind of came into this expecting not to like it for some like unknown bias that I have against Taylor Swift, because I've honestly never really listened to Taylor Swift beyond Shake It Off, which is mm. actually a bop yeah. in my mind. So you weren't even there. You weren't even there when she was country pop. You were there for the full pop. Yeah, and I listening to this, I was like, this is just an actual country record. This is actually really good. Yeah, I mean, really, not that I really listen to Red and anything beyond Red, but like, I, my Taylor Swift phase was like the Fearless era. So, like, that's when she was, like, shifting into pop from country, mm. but she was still using whatever that instrument is in country where it goes, you know, the one. The lap steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, steel. that. Or it could just be slide guitar, I'm not sure. No, 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 it was the, it was the fuzzy one. Lap steel then, probably. Yeah. Uh, was Fearless 2009? I want to say 2007, 2008. Okay, so it was like not long. Because I was, yeah, it was ten or eleven. Okay, okay. And that was building a timeline. Yeah, that was that was when Love Story came out. Ah, yes, I remember that song because everyone I knew was really obsessed with that song for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I want to say Fearless was probably like the last heavy feature of banjo. Shame, banjo is such a good instrument. Yeah, you need more. Put banjos in pop music. Max Martin, I'm telling you right now. Next. Single you write for Taylor. Get your banjo out. Let's go. Put a banjo in it. Put a Put banjo three in, banjos it. in it. You can probably find a banjo in Sweden. I don't see why not. I feel like there's some like eccentric Swedish man who makes banjos in his shed that Max Barton could buy probably. from. Also, I found a very weird fact on the Wikipedia page for Taylor Swift. Oh. That I speaking of weird Swedish sounding names. Underneath the born name, which is Taylor Swift, the other name is Niels Schoberg. What? It has a section for other names that is Niels Schoberg, the O having a, an umlaut. What is that about? I don't know what that's about. I have like combed this Wikipedia page looking for what that's about. <laughs> I cannot find it. I need to know. Music is good, fans. If you know. Why? Oh, okay, it's her. It's her Swift. songwriting pseudonym. Oh. So when she does songwriting okay. for other people, it's okay. Neil I don't Schoberg. Yeah. Okay. Um. Is that like a yeah. version of like Alan Smithying something? Kind of. So she picked a Swedish name, and uh, she used it. Like one of the prominent uses was when she wrote a song for Calvin Harris and Rihanna. 
when she was dating Calvin oh. Harris at the time. <laughs> and okay. she started dropping hints that she was Neil Spielberg um, when she put out Look What You Made Me Do. Because that's that's the song where where she's like, Taylor can't come to the phone, she's dead. And then on one of the gravestones, it says, Neil's Schoberg. That's good. That's really good, I think. Okay, well, that's mis- that mystery is solved. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I feel like this is... Taylor Swift lore is one of dumb names because we got Scooter Braun in here. Who is Scooter Braun? Scooter Braun is an enemy in this story. Oh, go on. Go on. Um, let me let me just double check. So Scooter Braun is like a big he's a manager. He's a big manager, mm-hmm. record exec, rich guy. Uh, right now he's manager for Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, bunch of rich people. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he is justin bieber's bestie and so scooter braun bought out the record label that taylor released her first six albums on so he owns the masters and taylor was mad about it and couldn't get it back and taylor's notoriously like pretty controlling about her copyright and stuff like her team can like sue people on etsy for using a name a name of her song or something but she was kind of screwed in this deal so that's why she's re-recording her first six albums. So you know how it'll show up like Fearless, Taylor's version. Oh, yeah. That's that's why that's happening. Is She's re-recording everything so she can take it back from Scooter. I think that f- rocks. That's how you do it. Yeah. So you're saying that Big Machine Records is evil, maybe. Could be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Taylor Swift lore... I think there is a very funny two-sided thing going on that showed up on the internet in some sp- in 4chan mostly mm-hmm. where the the internet seems split on Taylor Swift's politics mm-hmm. where the left and the gays think she invented homosexuality in 2014 when she released 1989. Yeah. And then there was a huge rumor and like a very weird segment of alt-right dudes who think she's like the queen of white supremacy. That is a quote. I am not saying that for real. This is what I read. I'm just reading the facts. That's, that's not, it's not true. I mean, the that's trad wife, the trad wife, Wojak does look modeled after her. It's exactly modeled after her. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's just, it's just when someone writes music, that's very apolitical for the most part. It's just funny what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, she had a cameo in the Hannah Montana movie. Like, <laughs> bro. Um, I think it's funny that the Taylor Swift Masters controversy had more impact on U.S. politics than I thought it did. Did it actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a bunch of the Democrats were using it as an example of, like, private equity destroying the economy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, That's... so We Stand With Taylor was, like, part of, like, the the democratic run in 2020 that's wild i missed out on this because i was too busy like getting lost in the void of time as we all were in 2020 yeah that was i don't think that year existed yeah so that's like a big thing that happened uh historically i think it's even like funnier looking at the politics side that some people think she's like a secret like you know where like vocally is just so against white supremacy racism and police brutality Mm -hmm. like 
at least for the last two years, has been loud about it. I mean, she's but pretty... really... She's always been pretty mid. Like, she's pretty non-controversial. Like... Yeah. I remember around the time this album came out, like, it was just as Miley Cyrus was getting too old to be Hannah Montana. And mm-hmm. so, like, there was all this lore about, like, how Taylor was, like, a good role model. Because she never had a cleavage or whatever. I I grew up in like a very Christian small town. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, it was like this whole thing where like, she was like the good non-controversial, like sweet girl. No one's ever mad at her. Um, America's Christian sweetheart. Yeah. And then that, I think that also kind of tied into like the whole Kanye West incident, which was the fearless era. Mm. which is the album following this where it was kind of like how could you pick on this innocent sweet girl yeah like god i do remember that yeah that was like a whole thing and i think there was like a lot of subtext to how people reacted to that yeah taylor's been kind of the target of a lot of like unfounded attacks Mm -hmm. publicly by like music critics and like you know what I mean? And I think it's all just because of, like, the popularity. Mm-hmm. Like, not that long ago, didn't... Who, who was it that said that she doesn't write her own song? I don't know. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Vaguely. This is Future Devlin. It was David Alburn, and it was a whole thing. I feel like Taylor Swift is, like, the Forrest Gump of music that has happened in the 21st century. Like, she's just there for everything. Like, like I, I'm reading in the Wikipedia article about this album in particular that part of like how they were promoting this was that there was kind of a gap in like female fronted country pop after the Dixie Chicks got or the Chicks, sorry, they that's that's their name now. The Chicks got yes. blacklisted by Bush. God, I remember that whole thing. Do you remember that? I like listen. I only recently listened to the actual clip that people were mad about. Because, like, keep in mind, this was before the chicks controversy happened before YouTube existed. If that, yes. if that, if that timeline is interesting for you, because it is for me. My nan watches CNN like all the time, and I remember having a sick day the day the dicks that sorry the chicks controversy happened, and I got to watch it live and just see all these conservatives on CNN and be like, "Oh, dare blah, 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 blah. It, it was very funny. Yeah, that's like. Where were you when when the chicks said they didn't like George Bush? Like that's <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even say anything about Bush. They were just like, "What if you didn't fight a war?" And Bush was like, "How could you?" We're ashamed the president of the United States is from Texas. How dare you? Even though literally everyone at the time was like, "What if you?" How about you don't fight a war? Yeah. How about you don't? Green Day was just doing their thing. And yeah, like, I I think it was probably like, like, I think the conservative, like country fan base that they were all marketing towards where they kind of felt betrayed. Like they expected it from Green Day because they were trying to be alternative and like, like screw the system. But then all the good, all the good Christian Mormons were like, how could you? How could you say this about George Bush? How could you be a traitor to our country? God, that does take... That is such a... I remember being in so many places just hearing the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, about... I guess that's only like three years after that happened that this album came out. 
Yeah, about three years. Maybe two? No, I, th- I think it's around three. Yeah. So, I just think that's interesting how that was another major music controversy that Taylor Swift was Forrest Gumping in, vaguely. <laughs> she is kind of Forrest Gumping around. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, like she's got, like, like, her Wikipedia page. I have this game where you have to only use Wikipedia links to get to a random topic of your choice. Like, you have to start on a mm-hmm. random Wikipedia page and then, like, get to, like, I don't know, the Wikipedia page about Orbeez. But with Taylor this Swift, with Taylor Swift's Wikipedia page, like, you could just get anywhere in a matter of clicks. Yeah. Because she was just everywhere. Like, probably... She's still just everywhere, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's... I think it's only two clicks to get from Taylor Swift to 9-11. It's only two clicks. What's, what's something... What, what Wikipedia page should I try to get to from Taylor Swift? Hmm. Try to get to My Chemical Romance. Oh, easy. I'm going to go to the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, you're going to find it. That's, that's a guarantee. Here we go. Did you know that Kids' Choice Awards have been happening since 1987? No. Oh, my God. That's intense. Decades of slime. Just so Generations. Slime. Generations of slime. That's my new band. I have a good name. Remember that video going around of Katy Perry getting slimed just way too hard? <laughs> sort of. Oh, in, the tw- in 2020, they slammed some astronauts in the International Space Station. Um, that's just a mess. That's going to be floating around for weeks. They did slime Trump in 2005. Good. While we're trying to get to MCR on the Wikipedia hey, game. I can't find MCR, but I can find Tony Hawk via the Kids' Choice Awards. So I feel like we're getting closer. We're going to yes. go to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the series. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's... I'm going to go for Pro Skater 2, specifically. Oh, I know the one they're on. Are they on one of them? Oh, yeah. Well, it's not they Pro Skater on, 2. They are on podcast alumni, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. And oh. They cover the misfits on that record. Okay, so I'm just going to go to other Tony Hawk games. There we go. My Chemical Romance. There we go. What was the connection to Tony Hawk, like the, the Kids' Choice Awards? Kids' Choice Awards. I was going to say, it was definitely not MCR in Pro Skater 2, because Pro Skater 2 came out in 2000, and My Chemical Romance formed after 9-11. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to joke about 9-11, I, that's just true. That's just true. It just keeps popping up. That's, Gerard Way has gone on record to say that. Because he was like, he was like doing some kind of like tourist job in New Jersey. Do you want to get into the history a little bit about Taylor Swift getting to this point? Okay. So Taylor Swift is actually not from the South. She's from Pepe Sylvia. (laughs) (laughs) She was born in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. This whole box full of Pepe. You gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. So, uh, her parents actually don't have Wikipedia pages, but they are 
like marketing marketing execs. Mm-hmm. Oh no, her her grandma her grandma's got a Wikipedia page. Her oh, grandma damn. is Marjorie Finlay, who was an opera singer. I mean, that's kind of cool, at least. Yeah, and then she was a theater kid. Regularly went to New York for lessons, and then she got really into country. And then the family moved to Nashville when she was a preteen, so she could hit it big. Yeah, just like started handing out like demo tapes to record labels. Yeah, so the whole the whole family moved to Nashville when she was fourteen to start her career, and magically it worked out. She was the youngest artist signed by the Sony ATV Tree Publishing House, but then she she left RCA at fourteen. She was tired Can you of the imagine? Shit. She was tired of the. But like, as a fourteen year old getting signed to a record label that big and then being like, actually, no. Mm. I don't like that. Also with this album, our song, she became the youngest person to single-handedly write and sing a number one song on the Billboard charts. Goddamn. And should have said no, hit number one on the Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. Which is, like, incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the album that stayed the longest on the Billboard Top 200 in the 2000s. I think, like, in that genre and by a female artist and all that. Mm -hmm. I think it was on the charts for, like, 152 weeks. Yeah. Which is insane that's a a hell of an achievement for a 15 year old so rascal flats uh got her to open for them on their tour in 2006 yeah there were a lot of there were a lot of doubters who were like why are you signing a 15 year old and then she was just vibing and then uh a couple years later she was dating joe jonas for a couple months um and then fearless came out and the rest is history she was like she was like rejected because apparently record labels believed that country music's middle-aged demographic would not listen to music by a teenage girl. I like that you're being comic book guy about this. That's exactly what I was trying to do. Thank you. It was pretty good. It's because it's an insufferable nerd voice for an insufferable nerd take. Yeah. I always thought it was funny that she wrote a song about Tim McGraw because as someone who's never grew up listening to country, like... Tim McGraw is apparently a big deal. Like, yes, I I just think it's nice that she wrote a fan fiction song about him. <laughs> I grew up in, a, in my grandfather listened to a ton of country, like still listens to like basically nothing but country. Mm-hmm. So growing up and going for car rides, it was always just JRFM all the time. Oh, Tim McGraw is a huge deal. Yeah. And I think the Tim McGraw song, from my research, is about dating that senior. Yeah. And then and she says, What do you think, Tim McGraw? I hope you think my favorite song. Yeah. Apparently, they had a mutual favorite Tim McGraw song. So, yeah, that was, mm. that was one of the big singles off this album. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> I'm going through the singles right now. Can we please talk about Picture to Burn? Yes. I'm begging yes. you nicely. Please. <laughs> Please let us talk about Picture to Burn. I hate that stupid old pickup truck. You never let me ride. <laughs> um, this is the homophobic one. <laughs> this is the homophobic song. <laughs> Can you feel that? Can you feel the homophobia around us right now? <laughs> it's, it's the, is, is the homophobia in the room right now? <laughs> okay, so, like, 
like Taylor Swift fans are kind of rabid, so I'm just gonna say a disclaimer that we're not like canceling Taylor Swift. Like, I don't care. I don't care no. that she said like I'll tell my friends that you're gay. Like, whatever. <laughs> you're Who fifteen, hadn't? you live in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I don't like- care. <laughs> I'm going to come out and say it. When I was 15, I called my friends gay all the time. Bracket, yeah. derogative, derogative. Even though I was definitely gay. <laughs> I call I I still, I call my straight friends gay when they're being like romantic to each other. I'm like, <laughs> gay. Affectionate. You're allowed. You're Affectionate. allowed to. I was going to say, I said some worse things when I was 15 that were way more homophobic, but we can continue on. I was a 15-year-old. Yeah. I'm not forgiving it, but I'm saying... 2006 was a different time. It happens. It, it happens. Taylor Swift said, Before I sing this song, I always try to tell the audience that I really do try to be a nice person. But if you break my heart, hurt my feelings, or are really mean to me, I'm going to write a song about you. Ha ha. I feel like that's like, <laughs> like... Like, that just comes across as like... Like a... Like, you know, when you're in a town like Latner, and there's like the little gift shops for wine moms and they've all got like little t-shirt slogans like i've really tried to be a nice person but if you don't let me drive your truck uh you're in trouble son yeah don't talk to me till i've had my glass of wine yeah 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 i might not get into heaven i don't know if they let cowboys in (laughs) that's my favorite one i do want one of those shirts I'll make you one. I'm I'm still working on your um intricate rituals froggy shirt. Thank you. I Bless. I'm talking about intricate rituals so much for that paper I'm writing right now. <laughs> like genuinely, not even a bit. Just that's how I'm drawing the readings. So right now I'm writing a paper that's for my queer literature class, and I'm trying to draw parallels between the readings we're doing and jackass the franchise so i'm saying it's really good so I'm far citing, like foucault <laughs> and so the intricate rituals piece is like talking about like like uh what's acceptable for guys being dudes when it's in the context of just guys being dudes and then i'm also gonna like uh cite Susan Sontag, like, like notes on camp, because, like, Jackass is obviously camp. Oh, 100% camp. Yeah. I mean, beyond even just, like, you know, bringing Rip Taylor and his confetti into the scene, like, they're pushing the limits of the human body and how they can explore the human body together as guys being dudes. By taking an anvil hammer and Yeah. By... Putting their wieners in a little in, in some glass, and then playing ping pong. <laughs> what a movie watching experience that was! As someone, as, as someone who's got different anatomy from the kind most featured in that movie, it's it's mm. really fascinating to me. It is. It is quite fascinating. It's like learning new things about my own anatomy. Where it's like, damn, yeah. these things are pretty like hardy. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know they, didn't could, know they could survive that. that. No, me neither. <laughs> I don't think I do that, but I now know they can. I Maybe learned something a today. Trips to the urologist afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
apparently Johnny Knoxville did rupture something like right when they started filming the most recent movie, which is why he's not doing a lot oh. of the stunts because he did rupture some bits. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. It all makes sense. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. You're too old. He's a silver fox, that Johnny Knoxville. You know what? He is looking pretty good. Yeah. What's your favorite song on this album? Honestly, I think my favorite song is our song. That chorus just goes. It's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I still know all the words. It's been so long. I know all the words. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good is the thing. I was riding shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car. The thing is that I came into this, like like I said, expecting to not like it because I had some kind of weird subconscious bias thinking, oh, it's Taylor Swift, whoop-dee-doo, which is on me. That that shouldn't exist in my brain. I don't know where that comes from. But, like, that song is really good. This album's surprisingly really good. Surprising only to me because I haven't been paying attention. She wrote our song for the school talent show. Before the album came That's out, wild. she didn't even That's want it wild. on the album, but her classmates were like, you should play that song. You should have that song from the talent show. And she was like, oh, OK, I'll put it out as a single, I guess. I also like that that a lot of Taylor Swift's like early career was helped by MySpace. Like a lot of the yeah, early like. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You know what I'm finding missing from Genius.com? What? So this thing Taylor used to do, I don't know if she still does it because no one buys CDs anymore, but in the liner notes, she would have all the lyrics to the songs and every single album, every single song, she would capitalize random letters and put secret messages in there. Ooh, that's fun. It that's was so fun. fun. I like that. Because you could spend so much time with your buds, like after school, drinking your juice boxes, trying to figure out all the, all the secret messages. Weren't they like about like what the song was actually about? Uh, well, the Taylor Swift wiki will tell us. Man, there's a wiki for everything these days. Yeah. Um, some of them make sense and some of them don't. Like, um, <laughs> the secret message in Tim McGraw is can't tell me nothing. All right. Uh, picture to burn is date nice boys. <laughs> the outside is you are not alone. Should have said no. That's it's just, one. should have said no. It's just the name Sam six times. <laughs> <laughs> and the the secret message for stay beautiful is shake and bake shake and which bake. i'm assuming is an inside joke for whoever it's about or is that like a a, a what's that movie the ballad of ricky bobby that was that was oh, topical humor in 2006 it's it's getting it gets funnier with the albums uh-huh like, like in Fearless, the secret message for 15 is I cried while recording this. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. my God. Because <laughs> when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you gotta believe them. Um, so this, this only happened until 1989, the album, not the year, apparently. <laughs> and they got longer they got it got they got longer like the bad blood secret messages she made friends and enemies i think that's really fun i i'm really enjoying this yeah that's like an important part of taylor swift lore 
And do you think in like 20 years people are going to start buying CDs again? Probably. I'm still looking for my iPod so I can like, I don't know if I can actually do this, but I, they sell like replacement hard drives on Amazon. So presumably mm-hmm. you can like stick an SD card in there instead of having your little uh, like actual hard drive that has been dropped a million times. They're hard to open up is what I've heard. So I'm not endorsing yeah. this, but like they are discontinued. Don't, so like, it's fine. Uh, PSA, the iPod does not exist anymore. Do not experiment with them. <laughs> not by, don't message us and say that you ripped open your iPod to do something to it. And then say we told you to do it. I still know all the words to the story of us off Sparks Fly. <laughs> so I think you were pretty big. In a crowded room and we're not speaking. It's not like I was a like I was a big fan for a couple albums. But mm-hmm. then even when I stopped being a fan, I still lived in Ladner. Like this is Ladner music. Like you listen to this when you're riding your horse. I feel like also it's like Southern Richmond music. Like you cross over Steveston Highway and then yeah. suddenly it's just all this music. Is the, then it's the intro to You Belong With Me. It's like... <laughs> if you drive into South Richmond and you look in any window, Taylor Swift with her with her popped out 3D glasses looks at you and she holds up a sign saying, you okay? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm fairly certain I saw something like that once in Richmond. Oh, yeah, because everyone was doing that. Every- the thing is that Taylor Swift just knew, like, how to get into, like, every preteen, like, like romantic fantasy. Like, everyone wanted their crush to live across from them so you could, like, hold up your notebook. <laughs> you okay? You good? And then we just all got Discord, and now we just, like, just, like, ha balls. <laughs> now we just send internet memes back and forth, and it's like, ha, yeah. I just... I just post White Yoda and then I tag everyone. I can't even like think about White Yoda without like <laughs> trying not really hard not to laugh. <laughs> I love White Yoda. <laughs> the thing is that White Yoda looks like someone familiar to me. Like if the ears were there, I'm like, who is this old man? I know this old man. <laughs> I like his little red nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite song on this record, Tuesday? Um Our song. It's gotta be. Or teardrops on my guitar, because um Last anecdote about this this album. Uh, I thought it was a big deal that Taylor Swift said damn in that song. <laughs> she laughs because it's so damn funny. Um, and I was like, I can't be listening to this. My mom could never know that I bought this song on iTunes by itself. And I was so scared that she'd find out. But like, it's not even that my parents were strict about swears in music. Like, mm-hmm. probably that year or a couple years later, I asked her if I could buy <laughs> Shake Tramp by Mariana's Trench on iTunes, which was rated explicit. <laughs> so, like, she would know. It would come up on her bill, like, explicit. What year did Shake Tramp come out? Like, 2006 also. 2007? Oh, yeah, okay. So, I was like, Mom, can I buy this explicit song on iTunes? And she was like, why is it rated explicit? Can you look up the lyrics? And I was like says the b word (laughs) my mom was like well (laughs) i want you to think about this how are they using that word because that word is used to degrade women are they degrading women and i was like i don't know (laughs) the answer was yes (laughs) the answer was yes (laughs) the narrator (laughs) the answer was yes 
So I didn't buy it on <laughs> iTunes because I didn't want my mom to know that I was like betraying feminism. By <laughs> I, I probably I probably shouldn't be talking like like accusing Mariana's trench of betraying women. I just I just need Josh Ramsey to be like the brother in Dire for Wimpy Kid, where he just stands up at a show and he's just like, "I'm sorry, women. I would like to apologize to all women." For writing Jimmy <laughs> Tramp in 2006. I'm sorry, women. Okay, Dyer would be good as a good movie. I, I think it is a good I think we need to watch it. All three of them? You know what? Yeah, let's do it. I'm sorry, women. I'm sorry, women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women! Drake <laughs> Heffley invented feminism. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay you know what movie we should watch what band slam yes yes nickelodeon's yes. band slam where david bowie makes a cameo and it ends up dealing with some pretty tough subjects about like incarcerated parents and vanessa hudgens is there and her name is sam but with a five in the middle because she's unique what i'm band slam is a good i promise it's a good movie <laughs> <laughs> also one of the bands has a bassist named named bug like they're they're riffing off flea but like now i actually do have friends named bug so now it's just yeah. normal <laughs> there's just a lot of people named bug now i think i think if people wouldn't get a million red hot chili peppers jokes i think flea would be a good non-binary name absolutely flea is a good like stage it's a good name, name slash name it's a good name it's a good name. Uh, what are your final thoughts on Taylor Swift by Taylor Swift? It's no fearless, but I had fun. It's fair. I'm genuinely surprised that I have slept on this for so long. And I think I might go through and have to listen to the rest now because it's really good. Actually, you don't experience genuinely. Pro- you don't experience it properly until you're listening to it on the bus to school in the rain and you're just crying. Because he's the reason for the teardrops on your guitar. <laughs> I, you I wish I was young enough to experience this feeling again. You you still can. You you always can. I Never guess that's ends. true. I could I could go, go on back a bus next time it rains. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I will. I will Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I'll go on a double decker too. Good. That's what you better do. That's what I better do. That was more Australian than the normal one. I was just being like um, the potion seller. Like, <laughs> that's what you better do. I'll go elsewhere for potions, potions and I'll never come back. Good. You're not welcome here. Eat <laughs> your strongest potions. <laughs> you can't handle my yeah. strongest potions. No one can. In a perfect world, oh. men like me would not <laughs> exist. But this is not a perfect world. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Do do your take. Do your take. Of like Taylor Swift or the oh, of of in a perfect world, men like me would not exist. I forget what the voice sounds like. Do your own. In a world like this, men like me would not exist. In a perfect like world. Him. Men like me would not exist. But this is not a perfect world. <laughs> you know what's stuck in my head because we were talking about it right before recording? 
I'm bad. And can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad? And can I be? How bad can I possibly uh, be? All right, that's enough. I'm Devlin Galloway. <laughs> Danny DeVito's you persona can... is the Lorax. Go ahead. <laughs> that's I'm absolutely true. I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my name is Devin Galloway. You can follow me at Devin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this podcast at Music Is Good Pod at Music Is Good Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and on TikTok. You can support us by going over to Patreon.com/slash Music Is Good Pod One for a whole bunch of bonus stuff, and you get early access to our episodes as they come out. I'm Tuesday Ferguson. You can follow me at Mamichi. I post on there maybe once a month now. It's cool. You post good stuff. Thanks. I make posts. Posts. Bye. Bye.